Welcome to the Project Zion podcast. This podcast explores the unique spiritual and theological gifts Community of Christ offers for today's world. Hello and welcome to Project Zion podcast. This is your host, Robin Linkhart, and today we are here with Karen Peter, the one and only hmm. Karen Peter. <laughs> who is a familiar voice here on Project Zion. Karen's here today to tell us about some of the new dimensions of her ministry and to share some information about current preparations for World Conference 2023. Karen, welcome. Thanks, Robin. It's good to be here. Although, as I've said before, when I'm the interviewee rather than the interviewer, it always makes me a little nervous, but... I'm glad to be here in either way, in either capacity. I connect with what you said <laughs> 100%. So, Karen, uh, you have a new role in your ministry with the church. Tell us a little bit about that and what it looks like. So, um, I'm kind of excited about it because, for as I understand it, for the first time um, in kind of our current uh, memory, let's say, I'm I haven't looked historically, but in current memory, um, we have a 70, and that would be me, who is responsible for the worship planning. And that is, uh, as I understand it, new in Community of Christ. So we'll see what that looks like as we go forward from here. But that's part of my new responsibilities. And um, that means I serve on what's called the Formation Ministries team, which is a team of people who are responsible for um, kind of guiding the production of resources that help us with our spiritual formation and our discipleship formation and our worship formation and all the different aspects of how we're together um, in community. So I'm excited to be part of that team. And it means I get to work with really creative, visionary people to craft the worship experiences for the upcoming World Conference. So... That's exciting and terrifying all together. Wow, preparing for World Conference. Now, you are no stranger to World Conference and no stranger to preparation for World Conference. And historically, in our current memory, um, you are a member of the Council of Presidents of 70 as a president of 70, and you are a seasoned minister of 23 years full-time ministry in addition to all your volunteer ministry before that. So it's a different seat, so to speak. So in general terms, what does preparation for World Conference look like from this new seat at the table? Remembering that you you are doing this in addition to your continued service on the Council of Presidents of 70. So it does look different. Uh, I will be happy, really frank. The, the most stress about World Conference usually for me is, one, how can I be nice for like 16 days straight with all the meetings at conference and everything else for that, that lengthy amount of time around my brothers and sisters um, in the church? And two, how am I going to scrape together enough decent looking outfits that, that I manage to look presentable the whole time? So going from that to, oh my gosh, um, this is very different and watching this really fascinating dance of how all the different departments and leaders and volunteers work to make a big international event like this happen um, in 
what is still a, a, a really difficult health situation um, where we are, all of the different aspects that are playing into um, how we are in community together. And it just is, um, it's fascinating. And at the same time, coming from always being a field minister and now looking at headquarters, it's a little bit like figuring out the puzzle um, for me and trying to figure out what I need to know. What do I not know? And what do I need to know? And who do I get that information from? So that's been the puzzle that I've been working with. So that's been a really interesting experience. The only, the other thing is I came really late to this team of um, both the formation team and also the world conference team. And I'm so aware that it's months away. And I, I am a creative planner, but I would have preferred to have several years to look at this <laughs> <laughs> rather than than uh, nine or 10 months or whatever it was when I first um, started to look at this. So I have a heightened sense of urgency in, in everything that's happening when I think about conference and trying to trying to figure out how we're going to put all those pieces together. But I am, I have uh, an enormous amount of faith in all of the people, both at headquarters and all the volunteers and other field leaders who help make this happen. So, Well, I know over the years of attending World Conference, uh, and of course, you know, in our different quorums and councils, we have things we're preparing for, for our meetings we're responsible for, and World Conference resolutions, understanding those and preparing delegates. But I'm always amazed when we get to World Conference, Mm -hmm. there is this uh, awareness of all these moving parts that are taking place and recognizing and wondering, oh my gosh, there is so much to this and so many details. And how in the world does this all come together in such a way that feels, uh, for those of us experience it, feel really harmonious and and smooth? Well, I'm really hoping all our listeners, if you come to conference... (laughs) And um, and there may be one or two glitches that happen. Just if you'll be prepared to extend grace, we would all appreciate. I would appreciate it. I can't speak for everybody else, but I would. Like at the last World Conference, they always prepare us. You know, in the orientation, mm-hmm. uh, the World Conference director tells us all the things, and one of those is, you know, in the event of an emergency, you'll be directed. And the last World Conference, we had a fire alarm go off, and mm-hmm. we actually had to evacuate the auditorium. Uh, in the way that they told us to do. And it was like, wow. Now, it turned out there was not a fire. But if it, anybody pulls the fire alarm this time, please do it during the legislative session and not during worship. <laughs> Thanks for that, Karen. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about what you and your team are working on and maybe some of the key principles of consideration that are guiding you and your team as you explore Innovative ways to meet the needs of a global community. So we're really working hard to make sure that um, we continue the tradition of worship at World Conference being engaging and formational and a really um, opportunity to deepen our spiritual connection with God and with each other when we gather um, in community. But this year, we're also looking at what are some new or um, increased or different ways that we can make sure that those in the chamber, the the auditorium um, that gather for worship in person, and those who are gathered in groups connecting remotely 
and those who are joining online, sometimes in family groups, sometimes in congregational groups, sometimes by themselves on their phone, that everybody um, is experiencing that time of worship in ways that are meaningful and um, insightful and allow people to just increase their understanding of who they are as part of a faith community that is continually listening to how God calls us and shapes us and forms us as we move forward on our journey together. So that that sounds like such a big thing, and, um, and it is when we think about our global community and how do we do that for all the diverse ways that we experience worship together and all the diverse cultures that we Um, inhabit across the globe and also just recognizing and being honest about the fact that um, we're trying to do this from this medium-sized town in the in the middle of the United States where where diversity is not fully represented and so how do we make sure that we're coming outside of our own bubble and our own lens and and really embracing the diversity of the church and making sure that that's represented in worship. So that's one thing that we're really trying to make sure we do. Another thing is that because this is what um, what we've been referring to in the worship team as hybrid worship, meaning we're trying to make sure that we have um, we have interaction for those of us who are gathered live in the chamber, but that we're also having interaction with and hearing from those who are gathered remotely or who are tuning in um, online in different configurations of gatherings. And how do we do that? How do we provide an equitable experience for the couple thousand people who gather in the auditorium and the three people who are at home you know, watching this? Um, how, how do we make sure that everybody has equal access to a meaningful experience through worship? So that's been, um, there's been a lot of creative energy around that. And what we've looked at is that over the past couple of years, um, because of the pandemic, we have, we, we have had a forced integration into online worship with Zoom in many parts of the world. And we have learned a lot about what it means to connect. Um, even Zoom, which is kind of the preferred connection in the U.S., but WhatsApp and some of the other ways that we connect, um, Facebook, other things, those have, in, those have changed and deepened and broadened the capacity and the variations of ways we can connect. So how do we tap into some of that knowledge that we've gathered through COVID so that we can uh, invite participation in the worship experience from people around the church, the whole global church. We have an opportunity to take some of those learnings from the past couple of years and say, oh, because we learned how to do this, we could. And then it's like the sky's the limit. Um, we can we can invite someone to participate in the worship service in offering uh, ministry in the worship service who would never, ever have the opportunity to come to the U.S., um, either because of time or finances or location or job restrictions or whatever. Um, and that's just mind boggling the choices out there that we have the different pathways we can take to make sure that lots of people have the opportunity to engage. And that's, that's a really important part of the providing an equitable experience um, in worship. And we're looking about 
um, how do we engage creatively in music together, which is such a big part of community of Christ. We love to sing. We love to sing together. Um, we love, we love the idea of harmony and parts and the, and learning songs from other places than our own, um, around the globe, learning from each other. But we still have, you know, concerns about being in an enclosed space, um, and singing together. So how do we still provide this wonderful music experience as we come to conference? And how do we make sure that we are um, including music expression from around the globe and all the different ways that it's resident um, in the community? And so we are, we're looking at that and seeing how, how digital recordings and other factors can allow us to do that in new ways. And in the midst of that, um, COVID, 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 it's like right there. Um, a lot of us feel like, well, that's kind of maybe coming to a close and it's seven months until conference, maybe we won't have to worry about it. But then there's always the reality of new variants and, and just what we've learned about health um, when we travel globally, when we're such a, a global community as humankind on earth. And so we're trying to be sensitive to health concerns and vulnerable communities and all of those things. And so we're making choices based on that to protect the most vulnerable, which is kind of a, a principle we have in Community of Christ. Um, we see that in other policies that we want to do things that protect the most vulnerable among us. So we have that. And then um, in the midst of all that, because I can get really caught up in lists and we want to accomplish this. I want to make sure that we're you know, representing our global nature of the church. I want to make sure that we're safety conscious. I want to make sure that we're you know, creatively, musically expressing all these things. But in the middle of that, I don't want to lose sight of this is meant to be an intense spiritual experience of community. <laughs> God's there somewhere. Let's make room for that. Um, let's let God's spirit be present and, and do um, what it will with us as we gather. And so... Um, I don't want to get so task oriented that I lose sight of that um, as well. So that's that's kind of where I am right now at seven months out. I mean, we could probably check in a week before conference, and you'd have to <laughs> you'd have to bleep everything that came out of my mouth. But for now, that's where we are. <laughs> well, this is no easy task, and certainly very multi dimensional. And I really appreciate those principles that you draw in. Um, and I realize we're seven months out, but what are some of the unique challenges that have popped up along the way as you're, you're working through all of these things with your team and trying to connect the dots, so to speak? So I think some of the initial challenges um, that I'm finding is simply um, the reality of what it means to connect remotely and make time. And um, I'm I've said before in projects, I'm I'm an introvert, and so I'm perfectly fine staying in my little office and doing everything remote, remotely, which seems odd for a 70 because there's, you know, I like people. I just don't, I, I, I'm just an introvert, and I don't know how to, how to reconcile those two things. But I do recognize that my best creative process happens when I'm in person with other people, and so I'm making an assumption that many other people feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And there is something wonderful that happens when you have a group of people around a table, even when we're masked and you know, sitting three feet apart. There's something wonderful about the creative energy that can kind of happen. And so that's been a challenge for me to, to kind of tap into that. 
It's also been um, the reality that we have fewer staff at headquarters to make things happen and, um, and in the field as well. And so we have to figure out ways to simplify um, some things that we've done before and still have them be meaningful and, um, and contain that, that innate sense of sacredness that we've come to expect in our gatherings of worship. Um, we want to be faithful to those who um, experience worship most deeply from a traditional worship experience as well as those who experience um, the spirit in a more uh, relaxed or less traditional format. And so how do we, how do we manage that? I don't want to trounce on anybody else's really important pieces of coming together at World Conference and Worship. I don't want to just, um, I don't want to excise something and then find out later that was most important to a, a group of people who come. And so learning what those things are has been um, kind of a challenge. Um, the time crunch has been a little bit of a challenge. And then there's been little challenges that I just wasn't aware of until, mm. you know, I'd come up with an idea and, and then it would be like, oh, yeah, um, we need to pay attention to ABCD. And then by the time ABCD are worked, it was like, oh, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> that's just not going to work. <laughs> and so some of the creative... I want to say this carefully because I'm not sure who's going to listen, but some of the freedom of creative expression that you have in the field is not the same as the creative expression that you can have at, at headquarters. And so I'm, I'm learning that that's been a little bit of a challenge. And I think the other piece has been, we just haven't done a hybrid worship before we've streamed worship lots and lots of times. And that's been great. And we've done some really great work during COVID with like Advent services and Easter services that we've done online with pre-recorded material. But we haven't done something where part of it's pre-recorded and part of it's live. And how do we interact with all of those things? And so we have a we have a team that are really going to help us with that. I mean, the the people at headquarters are marvelous. They're just willing to to experiment and try some new things but also we have some some volunteers and some people that are are helping us in different capacities um, we have a production manager that's going to help us navigate that in-person online um, uh, kind of I don't even know what to call it um, that pathway on how we're going to go forward with that and we're depending on that but even things like how do we make sure when we sing together that we are we are providing the music in ways that people in the chamber can sing together, but also people online in their own home, muted people <laughs> can sing together. It's not like it's not like regular Zoom. This is streaming. Can sing as well. How do we do that so that it's in three languages and everybody can see the words and the music and we know what we're doing? And there's just a lot to to navigate that I'm not all that familiar with so and I'm not real technical and here I am at 63 years old going oh nodding my head like I know what people are telling me <laughs> sure that makes sense <laughs> it sounds like everybody from all um, perspectives and uh, location like field headquarters mm -hmm. have this is a learning opportunity mm -hmm. for everybody and mm -hmm. it sounds kind of cool like like uh, that compilation of people is adding 
additional dimension to yeah. consideration and people are open to hearing oh wow that's how you did it before oh wow that's why where you want to take it and, yeah. and we're finding new ways all yeah. the way around that's exciting we really are and i'm really lucky because jane gardner who has been responsible for worship for um, a lot of years in community of christ and is just a wealth of knowledge and, and institutional knowledge about the history of worship in community of Christ. She's, she's been willing. I've asked, I ask her like this once a month, probably. Now you're still willing to walk with me on this, right? You're still, <laughs> you're still there. You're still behind me. You're, you have my back when I could do something really stupid. You're going to help me. And, but she is, she's been just a wonderful guide and, and providing information that helps us make good decisions. And, um, she just has just so much knowledge about how things have been done and, I appreciate her greatly, as well as yeah. all the other people at headquarters that are that have just been so wonderful. Every everything from facilities and and technology and um, things you don't think of when you're thinking about worship. Who do I need to talk to to find out what I need to know? And so I've met lots of people I didn't know mm. before. Mm-hmm. I'm going through this, and I have a list of names from this trip of people that I will be meeting as I contact them about helping. So. Yeah. So, uh, Greg Wilson, if you're out there, I don't think we've met, but I hope you're a project design listener because we'll be chatting soon. Yes. And by the way, Greg is the Mission Center president here in Central Mission. So giving him a a little heads up. We're also aware that you uh, work remotely with headquarters the vast majority of the time. So you live in the state of Washington. I do. You have members on your team that live across the U.S. and outside the U.S., including um, people that live on the other side of the world. So how do you navigate this time zone differential, which is no small feat either? Yeah, the time zone differential. There are so many things we don't think about when when we say things like, oh, we're going to stream worship and everyone around the church can watch it. So I just want to I just want to say this up front. This was a big learning for me and um, Finn Van Klinken, who um, has been called to serve in the presiding bishopric. He really he really clarified this for me. He's a Karen. When we when we say we're going to stream worship so everybody can watch it, you do realize that for a lot of people, that's the middle of the night or early morning and they're getting ready for work or you know, all the other things that happen in their daily lives, or they don't have internet access at that time of the day. Um, so when we say we're streaming worship, everybody, what we really say is, is, you know, we're having worship at seven o'clock central time, a couple of nights a week. And if that's convenient for you, you can tune in. And, and so that means from a, a planning perspective, we have to make sure that whatever we prepare an offer that's streamed, that we can archive that. So that people can watch it the next day at their um, convenient scheduled time or um, or even a few days later when it, it it has a life beyond happening at that at that time. And so that's just a time zone consideration that hadn't really infiltrated my brain until that conversation with Vim on that. Yeah, we can say, you know, we're trying to make everything accessible, but but we're making it accessible at our traditional time zone. And that's not always convenient for everybody, for everybody else. And so what does that mean going forward? So that's just in the back of my mind when we talk about time zones, as far as planning worship and some of these things. So I don't do math. I don't know if I've said that before on Project Zion, but I don't do math. Numbers are like a foreign language to me. And so um, I do my best with my app on my phone to make sure that we're coordinating 
um, planning times together on Zoom or on Teams where we can get together and, and talk about things. Um, spend a lot of time doing that. But the other thing is it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of working with people you trust and saying, um, here's what we need to do and we'll get back together so much time and everybody will do this. And then when we come back, we'll go to the next step and just trusting people to be creative and um, insightful and um, and connected to the spirit as we plan, not just assuming that we can do all this stuff and then then we'll connect with God when we worship, but actually trying to make sure <laughs> make sure that we're connecting as we're as we're going through this. But um, it's been a challenge. I actually had to I mess up on the time zones all the time, and one of our team members is in Australia, and you know he doesn't like to get up at four in the morning. So um, I actually bought six small, inexpensive, old-fashioned alarm clocks. And I put them on the shelf by where my computer is. And and I set them all to the, and I labeled them. So I have all the time zones of people that I'm working with. And then, um, so when I go to set something, I can look, and then I have it like 17 hours ahead or whatever mm-hmm. printed there. So I can actually try to make sure that I'm not asking people to meet with me at, you know, Horrible times. So when you talk about what the challenges are, you know, sometimes just basic things like time zones can be a little bit of a challenge. So there you go. Probably more than you wanted to know. No, no, I love it. I love it. And I, at one point in my uh, time working with the church, we picked up the West Coast, which was a new time zone on my chart. And I was thinking upside down and had an expectation that a young adult was going to be at a meeting and they didn't show up for the meeting. And I think we were calling into a teleconference or something. So I actually placed a call to their personal cell phone to, to say, hey, where are you? And about 10 minutes, and they didn't answer. About 10 minutes later, I realized I was calling them at an ungodly time of day. <laughs> it was very early in the morning and we'd already set the meeting to be earlier than what the norm would be. And I was very embarrassed. About yes. That. West coast, we do end up getting up really, really early for meetings that are done on central time. Yes. <laughs> Karen, is there anything else you'd like to share with us today? Well, when I think about this and, and what our listeners might look for um, in the worship experience at world conference, um, I'm, I'm hoping that when we come together, that we experience some really creative ways to engage together that expresses not just the giftedness of the whole church, but the diversity and the, the cultural richness of who we are as we uh, come together in as community of Christ. But also, I simply hope that our listeners will join the World Conference Worship Experience as they can, whether they're in the area or whether they watch it online as it's streamed or watch the archived worship later. Um, I'm really hoping that that people take that opportunity to experience what it's like to come together as a community larger than our our weekly Zoom or monthly Zoom uh, congregational experiences or group experiences. So please join in in the worshiping community for World Conference in April from the 23rd to the 29th, 2023. Do my commercial there. And how can people find out more about World Conferences? 
the journey unfolds before us. Oh my goodness. You can go on Community of Christ uh, website, cofchrist.org, and put World Conference in the search bar, and all kinds of information should pop up. Um, and you're, you're always free to contact uh, me and email me, kpeter at cofchrist.org, if uh, you have ideas or would like to share a comment. Please do so. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing one aspect of our journey as a community to World Conference 2023. You've really um, opened our eyes to a little bit of what happens behind the scenes and whet our appetite with some curiosity of to how this innovative new approach and meeting the challenges of hybrid worship in an international community will unfold. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. As always, a very special thank you to you, our listeners, for spending time with us today. Uh, We will post a link in the show notes to World Conference 2023, so be sure to check that out. We anticipate updates will be posted on that page of seaofchrist.org on a regular basis between now and April of 2023. This is your host, Robin Linkhart, and you are listening to Project Zion Podcast. Go out and make the world a better place. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Project Zion Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast streaming service you use. And while you are there, give us a five-star rating. Project Zion Podcast is sponsored by Latter-day Seeker Ministries of Community of Christ. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Latter-day Seeker Ministries or Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines. 